Today's show is brought to you by Lightning Pod. If you have a podcast, you know that it's a lot of work. But Lightning Pod can help. We've been working with their founder, Eric Johnson, for more than a year now, and he's really helped us take the Smart Home Show to the next level. So if you're starting a new podcast or you want to make your existing podcast better, you should get in touch with Eric. Learn more at lightningpod.fm. It's a Smart Home Show. Welcome. My name is Michael Wolf. Our guest today is Joe Dita, founder and CEO of Instion. It's a great one. Stay tuned. Hey everyone, Mike Wolf here with the Smart Home Show. This is a great show. We have Joe Data, the founder and CEO of Insteon, of Smart Labs, a company behind Insteon, and SmartHome.com. You know, Joe's story and the story of Insteon and, and Smart Labs and SmartHome.com, I think is an important one in the in the broader story of the smart home industry, in the home automation industry. You know, Joe was there with, with his company selling X10 equipment in the 90s. Uh, from the early 90s, you know, he was early enough to get smarthome.com. Um, at some point, they realized, you know, this is great, but we want to grow our market. And when they did, they found out that a lot of people felt, at least in like the retail channel, that X10 wasn't wasn't the type of technology you could take mass market. And so they did something interesting. They set about to create their own technology. And we talk about this story and how that happened and how they had the expertise to build their own technology. And so Instion was born. And eventually it grew and grew into the point where Instion today is a fairly well-established home automation and smart home protocol. They will find on new hardware from startups like Revolve, for example, and others. So it's an interesting story. I think it's an important one, as I said, in the in the world of smart home and home automation in terms of the evolution of it. So I hope you enjoy this. As always, the Smart Home Show is brought to you by Next Market Insights, the leading provider of market intelligence and, and information around the smart home. If you want to find more Smart Home Shows, simply go to technology.fm, and you'll find the Smart Home Show there on the front page, and click on it, and you'll find all these podcasts. I'm also excited. This is the first podcast where I'll be providing the transcription of the conversation, so you can find that at technology.fm as well. So, hey, thank you, everyone, for listening. My name is Michael Wolf, and here's my conversation with Instion's Joe Data. Hey, well, I want to welcome Joe Data, the CEO of Instion. How are you doing, Joe? Great, Michael. Thanks. Uh, thanks for having me. You are also the the founder and CEO of, of Smart Labs, which I think is the parent company uh, for Instion, as well as SmartHome.com, which is a, a retail storefront or an e-tail storefront for all sorts of smart home products. That's absolutely right. Um, smart Labs is the corporate entity. Uh, smart Home is the uh, consumer-facing and, and dealer-facing uh, retailer and distributor, and then Instion is our technology division that uh, has its own technology and uh, a couple hundred products uh, that uh, do just about everything in the connected home space. I mean, you guys go back a long ways. You were founded in 1992. That's a long time for us for a home automation and smart home company. Were you guys founded back then to sell uh, X10 products, or tell me a little bit of that backstory? 
Yeah. Um, well, it, it, it's kind of a funny story, actually. Uh, a friend of mine and I, uh, who are engineers and, and very technologically um, you know, grounded, um, we're looking to uh, start a company in a space where without uh, large sums of money and, and, uh, and thousands of shareholders to answer to, uh, that we could actually build something and hopefully uh, grow either with an industry or actually grow the industry. Uh, we stumbled across a voice recognition product uh, at the time called Butler in a Box from a, <laughs> from a former magician. Wow. Um, and I think he was good at making people's money disappear. But um, anyway, it, what we learned through this uh, product was that there were this array of uh, very affordable uh, plug-in or screw-in or light switch installation products from uh, using a technology called X10 that was developed in the 70s uh, that worked uh, most of the time and in small applications. Um, we found that the voice recognition of that era was uh, nowhere near worth uh, kind of uh, building a business around, but we found that the uh, X10 products, uh, they were good enough to build a business around. Um, at the time, we started as a cataloger. In uh, 94, 95, we went online as one of the world's first e-commerce sites um, and had great success and expansion at that time, uh, and then which led to uh, building our own products uh, just a couple years later. And you, did you buy the smart home URL back in the 94, 95 time frame? We did. The advantages of being early and getting great URLs. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It was just available. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> as, as was the phone number 1-800-SMART-HOME. Well, great. And so you guys did a pretty mean business, I would imagine. You guys became, I think, one of the, the I guess, predominant uh, online retailers for X10 products over that time. Yeah, we uh, very quickly became um, one of the two real players in the market. So uh, for uh, brick and mortar, it was Radio Shack. And for everything else, you know, an online catalog, it was us. Were you competing with X10.com, though? Weren't they selling a lot of their own stuff before they went bankrupt and did a bunch of pop-up ads? <laughs> Uh, yeah, um, they ab they actually uh, absolutely came into the market and 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 did compete. Um, their focus shifted uh, so far away from home control and and into the pop up ads for their their cameras that um, they didn't end up being as much of a competitor as as they might have. Man, I just remembered going to that site and getting bombarded uh, with the pop up ads. You guys were probably laughing uh, at the time at what they were doing. Well. What was interesting is at the at one time they were the internet's largest advertiser. Oh yeah, it, it just it's just amazing that you know you yeah. think about a small <laughs> a small company making such a uh, such an impact and 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 uh, some sometime over a beer we can talk about the uh, <laughs> the antics of the people in that organization. Yeah, we'll leave that for the next podcast. Yeah. So in the '90s, you guys grew. Um, you were competing uh, with Radio Shack at the brick and mortar level, and you you went both to direct to consumers, but you had a, a sounds like an installer channel. So talk about the two different customer sets. Yeah, so um, in in the mid '90s, we added SmartHomePro.com, okay. um, which was a dealer only uh, site where the dealers would log in and 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 receive special pricing information, support services. Um, our our mix has always been about you know three to uh, three to one or eighty twenty uh, retail to uh, dealer. And as as the world has evolved and uh, dealers really uh, kind of exist in, in 
on the same platform as consumers so much more now than they did back then that um, the, there's a real uh, the, the, the line has blurred between the two. And when you were looking at what was selling and, and did it change over, over time? I mean, I, and I want to get to when you guys decided to start your own technology or create your own technology, but how did X10 uh, products change or did the mixes change over time to that, you know, as you got into the mid 2000s when you eventually launched your own stuff, how was that business shifting if at all? Um, there wasn't a lot of shifting, um, back in those days, uh, there really wasn't a lot of shifting from, um, application from, from any one application to any other, or from, uh, even the sensibilities of consumers, uh, has stayed pretty, uh, stable over the years until the last few years where, um, HVAC, uh, the green, um, you know, the, 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 the whole green push and movement yeah. is definitely having an impact. And, in, and we'll get to that. Those kind of, that's more of the modern era, but you know, in 2005, this is a, an interesting move because, you know, you don't see oftentimes pure retail plays create their own technology. And so, right. um, unless you're Amazon or something like that, but like you guys decided, um, at some point to create the Insteon protocol, which at first was Powerline and eventually went to wireless as well. What was the thinking there? Why did you guys decide to create your own protocol and technology? Well, uh, this story I'd love to tell because um, it's, it's really become kind of our life here. Uh, in the late 90s, well, in the mid-90s, we started developing uh, products uh, exclusively with uh, engineering firms um, for our customers uh, where we couldn't get our current manufacturers to build the product that the cons- the consumers really wanted, and we kind of because of our uh, large and frequent interaction with these customers, we we just had a visibility that nobody else had. Um, we ended up being so successful with that, we acquired a couple of uh, a couple of these little engineering uh, companies and rolling them up into what has now become Insteon, the manufacturer. In the late 90s, we had, uh, we had reached a point where we had enough products to really outfit a home, and we uh, went out uh, in hopes of uh, signing some deals with some builders and some brick-and-mortar retailers. And it became quickly clear that um, X10 was not going to be uh, acceptable in the broader market. You know, so in the, in the 90s, we were much more focused on the DIY um, kind of uh, technology leader and, and uh, customers that were willing to, to put up with the, um, the, the vulnerabilities of, of that technology. So in 2000, we actually uh, started development of, of our own technology, always with a view towards dual band, always with a view towards uh, a full mesh, uh, dual mesh network. Uh, in 2005, May of 2005, we started shipping products um, and over the course of just a few years uh, converted, I think, probably 80% of the X10 uh, user install base uh, over. Um, with the first generation, uh, we worked hard to make sure that the products could talk either Insteon or X10. Um, and now that, that's pretty much now a, a faded memory where our, our current products are, are Insteon only. That's really interesting. So you really developed your own X10 hardware, and you de- developed that expertise. And then when you went to the – sounds like when you went to the retail channel, you know, there, there was always like a, like a hobbyist that was interested in the X10 product. 
But were you were you hearing from the retailers or, and and their feelings about consumers that that was not that was not an acceptable level of of, of reliability like that the X10 somewhat reliable kind of kind of famous for being like you said like eighty to ninety percent reliable that just wasn't going to work as you tried to go into the broader market. That's right, uh, and and both both the retailers and the builders. Um, in very different ways, uh, made it clear, uh, maybe not even on purpose, but it, it, it became clear to me that uh, that dog was not going to hunt. <laughs> and so uh, at the time, there wasn't anything out there, anything else out there. Now, we had already seen CE bus come and go. And so uh, one of the things that's been very interesting in this space over the decades is uh, watching how uh, in some t- in some cases, perception becomes reality. Um, in our space, it's been much more common for uh, the uh, the vision that the market has of of how things are going to play out to not actually ever take place. And I don't know if you're familiar with CE Bus, but it was a it was a uh, yeah. an open an open standard effort that in the mid 90s everyone was sure was going to be the next technology. Yeah, and yeah. C bus. I'm familiar with Longworks and Echelon and all the and all the other kind of ones that kind of went to the graveyard, I guess. Well, and then nowadays there's a Zigbee. Zigbee started development in the in the mid to late '90s under yeah. different brands, and they they've changed their name and their branding and and to some extent their um, their kind of uh, vision uh, over the years. But I, I we've we've have felt that it's likely to take the same path. But you guys do sell um, other third-party products. So when you look at uh, your company, Smart Labs, you have a, your retail arm, which was the Genesis, really, what you guys did. And then you have Insteon. And you guys have um, uh, on the website, uh, smarthome.com, you sell third-party products like that are around Z-Wave. That's right. Um, we, we will sell um, products that we believe uh, fill consumers' uh, desires. And consumers are smart. Um, we believe one of our advantages uh, of being a, a good uh, product and technology company comes from our roots in listening to the customers, interacting with the customers. Um, ours is not the only – nowadays, ours is not the only good technology out there. Um, I, I'd, I'd say in 2005, you know, we might have been. Uh, Z-Wave's a good technology. I, I think that they're the only real competitor in terms of technologies – uh, if, if you want to talk about a smart home, a connected home where it goes beyond, you know, one or two or three nodes, um, they're the only other one that that's out there that that's a player. And I want to talk a little bit about those battles because I think there's a lot of uh, folks who, you know, think like the future may be Wi-Fi or something. But I, I did want to ask, I mean, Insteon grew and it became accepted because, like you said, it was like a new generation technology and we're to the point now where it's one of the accepted protocols. So if you look at the marketplace out there, you know, you look from products like, you know, Mikasa Verda or Vera, the, some of the new smart home hubs, they actually feature Insteon radios in there. So uh, how does that feel in terms of like, you know, seeing your product from your company being accepted as like a pretty widely accepted protocol? Well, it, it feels good, of course. Um, <laughs> that was a softball we, question to ask, but yeah. I mean, I'm interested in the evolution there. Thanks for that. Um, you know, in the early 2000s, uh, we, like Z-Wave, were out there trying to push yeah. um, and sell our chips uh, into um, manufacturers. And we both struggled. Um, and 
about the same time that we kind of retrenched and, and, and focused on our products more than chips, um, they ran out of funding and, and got uh, a white knight came in to, to keep them alive, which I think is probably one of the greatest things for our industry to ever happen. Um, long story short, we, we feel very confident that in the long run, we will uh, play a we will get the market share that that we want because we have a technology and and I, I would love to talk endlessly with you about how and why this all happens um, but we have a technology that is less expensive more reliable and has uh, significantly greater reach uh, in terms of its wireless uh, ability to go from you know point a to point Z and that is a very very uh, powerful uh, you know, set of uh, benefits. And as, as this industry goes from, you know, a couple of nodes being installed with a security system or uh, a light bulb or two, you know, off a shelf at Apple or a thermostat off the shelf from wherever to what, where we've always played, which is, well, of course, someday you're going to get to every light switch in your house and half the outlets and, and most rooms will have a motion sensor and several doors will have door sensors. And don't forget the leak sensors. And, and, and the list goes on and on and on. Um, the, the reason that a lot of those technologies can't hunt in that space is they can't scale or at least they don't scale well enough for a consumer. Just like X10, they, they may theoretically in some cases be able to get to dozens and dozens of nodes, but in a, practical, in a very practical sense, um, the experience breaks down. You know, and I don't know if this is um, obviously politicking or, or you know, the, the, the entrenchment from the Wi-Fi community, but when I look at the kind of the new wave of smart home st- startups, there's a lot of um, – there's a lot, there's some bias towards Wi-Fi, in particular low power Wi-Fi, and you know clearly you know, I b- believe Wi-Fi is a powerful uh, technology. It's got a great brand, and I think over time you start to see the radios get there in terms of like power consumption. Clearly, you don't we're not there today. What is your what are your thoughts about uh, you know low power Wi-Fi as a, a radio technology that becomes entrenched in the smart home over time. Do you think that you start to see some displacement from for Z-Wave, um, Zigbee? And even for, for you guys, do you think that's a threat or do you think you guys coexist with that? I, I think that um, it, it's about winning the race. And, and, and I, I, in the early years, um, I, I think most of the players and, and you know, I felt uh, prey to it, you know, we worried and, and focused a little bit too much on each other. Um, the, the, the whole focus has to be on the consumer and there's no reason that these technologies can't coexist. I think that they necessarily will coexist. And, and it's why I, I think that, you know, a player like revolve is wise to do what they're doing. Um, the, in the end, the, the technology that either, uh, offers the best value proposition and, and reliability is part of that, um, or, just you know, swaths the the industry aside with its uh, spend to somehow uh, you know convince everybody of something that might may not be true. It's going to be one of those uh, two stories that wins the race. And with with all of the applications and all of the brands, um, I, I just don't think it can be the latter. I, I think that the best technologies will end up um, being you know the survivors in the end. I don't think. Just like there's, uh, you know, you look at uh, the phone that we hold in our hand. How many radios are in that darn thing, right? Yeah. 
GPS, uh, Bluetooth, cell, Wi-Fi, different technologies uh, are appropriate for different applications. And, and so I think in our space, there won't be that many uh, in the end after the industry uh, consolidates, but the, I, I'd be surprised if it's only one. Um, there's been a lot of noise about Zigbee. There's precious little stuff out there, um, and I'm not aware uh, of much that interoperates. Um, I think, you know, Wi-Fi, like you said, Wi-Fi is a great brand. It's a great technology, and we didn't invent Insteon because we didn't think Wi-Fi um, was good. It's just... Uh, you know, even today, as you mentioned, they've got energy consumption, uh, networking uh, protocol issues. When, on a Wi-Fi network, these devices have to wake up. If they want to do something, they've got to wake wake up, as, reestablish a network connection, then try to get their their business done, and and then come off the the network. That's a lot of overhead, and it, it leads to expenses and delays. Um, Insteon is a radically different network design, unlike all of the other networks that route their signals. Um, Insteon is an unrouted network that uses a, a simulcasting technique that um, scares most engineers at, at first blush. But after, uh, you know, our engineers included, after they really understand what we're doing, they, they see the elegance and the simplicity of how these signals propagate. And what that allows us to do is to uh, require a lot less silicon. So our, our technology just ends up being a lot less expensive and a lot more scalable because these routing tables get big and expensive to build, maintain, and repair. Um, and uh, those networks talk about uh, self-healing characteristics. Um, and we like to uh, kid around that, you know, Insteon never gets sick. There is nothing to heal. There is no routing table that can break. You know, the idea of, of a – I'd be interested to ask you about the idea of the, the hub because, you know, I've written in some – for some articles that, you know, over time you start to see smart home intelligence move into recognizable categories of devices. You, you've obviously seen uh, – I, I think Lynx has tried it in the past. I think Belkin's thinking about it now. You see some startups that are, are trying to integrate, for example, Z-Wave. Um, I'd be interested if that's something you're exploring potential deals with, for example, router manufacturers are putting Insteon into even you know something that's a central recognized category like a, a thermostat or even a TV. So what, what's your idea of the hub in terms of that, its place in the going forward in the smart home? And are you working on other uh, potential integration opportunities? Uh, we absolutely are, um, and um, I'm, I'm excited that it won't be too long before some of those announcements come out. But um, that, that's right. There are several always-on devices in the home that, that uh, are connected. Um, and I don't think the thermostat is, is the ideal place, certainly not for a dual-band technology, um, because it's not connected uh, to the power lines. Um, but routers, uh, set-top boxes, uh, you know, just devices that are, are already in the communication business and uh, already sitting there um, alive. The, the hubs that we're making today, um, like the Insteon hub, um, I, you know, I, I, they're going to disappear. They're, they're a means to an end. And uh, until, you know, like your laptop, you know, we used to have to have a Wi-Fi, uh, you know, dongle to plug in if you wanted <laughs> yeah. to put your, right? Um, it'll go through an evolution. So right now we've got the little Wi-Fi thing 
that you plug into the wall and plug into your computer. Then it'll become a dongle that plugs into the USB jack on the back of these boxes. And then eventually um, it'll get engineered uh, right in right into their cases. Yeah, it's just the inevitable market evolution of technologies. Discrete devices eventually become a, uh, a feature or a, a, a key part of functionality in like kind of a more unified box over time. But you can't get there initially but just because the volumes aren't there. That's right. That's exactly right. And, you know, you know, you obviously are looking at trying to widen the market. Um, you've been through one wave from going from true hardcore X10 DIY enthusiast to, I think, a broader market. Um, I, I would certainly – think you probably characterize your customers today as probably being less of a hardcore uh, home automation enthusiast than they were in the past. But getting to that next, even the next wave, I mean, I think that's what a lot of the, the new companies getting this market are betting on. You know, what are what do you see happening there? Um, what are you doing as a company? And then, you know, how, how do you see that unfolding? Well, um, it, I, I believe it already is happening for us and others. I think the key is... Uh, is making it simple and making things simple is hard, but it can be done. And, you know, Apple obviously has, Steve Jobs proved that to us and he proved how valuable that is. And in our space, it's, it's even more challenging, I think, than, than what's been done in the past. And a lot of new entrants uh, will come to find that out the hard way, just like we did. Um, but when you're talking about to disparate devices in an asynchronous fashion uh, from different manufacturers performing different tasks, it, there's just a lot going on. Um, but but I you know, Instans now uh, we we sell a lot more through channel partners than through our own channel. Uh, the majority of our customers now are off the street. Re, you know, walk in the the front door of Best Buy, Costco, Home Depot, etc. Customers, um, and so we're we're kind of I, I feel like we're midway. You know, we certainly don't feel like we're done. We've got uh, a next generation hub coming out very soon that is going to have some just fantastic um, features to make it easier for an even broader audience to easily get up and running. Uh, less time for the consumer, less less uh, uh, technical requirements, less intimidating, uh, for that matter, and and that's been one of our advantages over the years. Is you never you don't need a central controller. There um, there has never been a networking kind of feel to the way our network sets up. If you want to control a module with a remote, you press and hold the button on the remote. You press and hold the mo- button on the module. It's like setting a station in your car radio. Um, now with the, uh, web services or, you know, what everybody calls a cloud side of the business being part of it and remote access through these hubs, we've been stuck and we've ended up sticking our customers with some of that networking layer. And, uh, we're in the process of hopefully abstracting it completely away from them. And and this uh, modem, uh, the the mode of uh, communication that we're do, uh, we're using right now, Michael Skype, they did a fantastic job doing that, and I think that that was part of their success. And so, you know, that that would be a, a good um, algorithm for us to 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 follow. You ruined the illusion of us sitting in a room in leather chairs having like a, a talk show. <laughs> Sorry, would you pass, would you pass me another cigar, please? <laughs> hey, you know, it's interesting in that I think that. It's always been a hard sell, I think, to a broader audience. You know, you know, my parents, my wife, and and kind of people who are not at all involved in technology, trying to sell them on the idea of the smart home. 
Um, what's different now in that, you know, how do we get that bigger addressable market into the folks who don't care um, about, you know, anything, any sort of technology, any sort of protocols um, is, and are you selling them like kind of the life benefits? And is it always going to be harder to sell what is a smart home versus like a very tangible idea of something like um, home security or like a telecommunication service or something like that? I mean, is that always going to be more of an uphill battle? Um, I, I think that the, uh, the, the natural progression uh, of, or the, 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 curve of how difficult it is to sell to somebody definitely follows uh, or has followed a um, early adopter to late adopter kind of uh, scenario. I think that for the bulk of the market, um, almost regardless of what the product uh, category is, um, I mean, go completely outside of electronics if you want. Um, I remember um, listening to my parents uh, argue about whether they wanted or needed a, a dishwasher. Once my mom had a dishwasher, there was no argument. <laughs> but, you know, what, when you have a sink that works, you don't think you need anything else. And so our job is to make products and services that are, uh, that are such a pleasure and such a surprise as to how easy they are to work with and enjoy that you can't help but tell your friends about it. And I think it's that first-hand experience. Well, it starts with second-hand through a friend. But when you when when you hear that, you, your mind begins to open. And when you see it firsthand or interact with it firsthand, and it really is that simple. It's not just a, a, a PowerPoint slide. That's when you 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 know you really get traction. And that's that's what we've had to have been about you know for the last twenty years because. You, um, you, you, you can't do 40 rounds of funding. Um, so we've, we've been making progress up that hill uh, for a long, long time, and I think we enjoy a, a, a healthy lead. Hey, well, Joe Data, you've been in this space for a long time, and I love hearing and then talking about the history as this market's unfolded because you've been there for a lot of it. So I appreciate you spending time with me, man. Thank you, Michael. Well, that was my conversation with Joe Data. I hope you enjoyed that. I hope you learned a little bit about Instion and smarthome.com and, and smart labs and, and all that. Once again, if you want to listen to more smart home shows, simply go to technology.fm and, and find us there. And I encourage you to subscribe in whatever podcast listening app is your favorite, be it iTunes, Stitcher, RSS, or whatever. Once again, thank you for listening to the smart home show. My name is Michael Wolf, and we'll talk to you soon.